After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is John Bauer, co-founder and managing partner of Senate Capital, a merchant bank focused on mid-market and emerging growth companies. Prior to Senate Capital, Mr. Bauer served as a CFO and COO at Hawaii Biotech, where he helped to secure over $50 million in equity and grant funding. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, John Bauer. Welcome to our show, John. Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit more about Senate Capital? Sure. A question I get asked a lot is, what is a merchant bank? Um, can we send you deposits? I usually send them the checks back. Uh, because we're not a depository, we're an unregulated banking institution. We're more like an investment bank, which many of your listeners may be more familiar with that model, which is an advisory. Uh, we help with mergers and acquisitions, as well as advising clients on how to get access to debt and equity capital. We also help with strategic planning and getting the other resources into place that the companies need to be successful. And then where did you get this kind of experience from? Were you doing this prior? Yeah, my background's varied. I'm, I met my wife the first day of school at Cornell, and um, she told me right away if we were even going to date that, that we were going to actually raise our family in Hawaii. So that was another reason to date her, because I figured I'd get to come to Hawaii and, and spend some time. So I started coming back here when I was um, young, 18. I was a teenager. I'd come back in the summers. I met one of my partners, Kenton Eldridge, when I was a teenager. I met him through Chris Eldridge, who was a, a good friend of my wife's brother. And so that's how I got connected to Hawaii and ended up working for Hemeter Development out of college very briefly because of the um, the real estate market in California was coming to an end and the project I was working on was was sold. So I went into looking at small companies for the land partner and spent about 18 months uh, traveling the country looking for, for deals for him on the company side. What happened after that? I... I um, Soon found that he was more interested in looking at companies than investing in companies. My last deal that I brought him was a was a smaller deal that I asked if I could do myself if he wasn't interested. I, I stopped working with the company and formed my own company. And from there, I really went from company to company. I'd bring money and a couple investors and stay with the company until a liquidity event and then take some time off, recharge, and start over again. I did form... At one point, a bank called Access Capital, which is similar to the model now. However, back then, I didn't have the operating background to really be able to help companies post-financing. I was able to get them access to capital, but wasn't really sure uh, about what they needed to do post-financing. I think that's what our specialty will be right now, where we'll set ourselves apart a little bit, in that there's a lot of people in town that, that can help companies get finance. We're not doing anything different there. Our focus really is on bringing all the strategic resources and networks to bear on the companies in Hawaii that are our clients to help them be successful. There's always 
multiple pieces and multiple leverage points in any company. If you can affect a few of those, you can have a big, big, you can make a big difference in a company. What would be an example of some of the areas that would have the most impact that you've seen in your career? Well, I think it's always people. And we want to make sure on the front end of an engagement that we really can work well with the CEO, entrepreneur, that they are interested and open to mentoring and want to work really as a partner with, with Senate Capital so that we can have an effect. Advice is only is, can only do as much good as, as somebody will actually take it, listen to it, and, and try to in, execute on it. Um, so really people, and I think that's where we can help the most too, and that the entrepreneur typically needs to round out his executive team. And without the experience of, a, of, of an executive team, the entrepreneur is stuck doing it all themselves. Um, you need to bring money to get the executive team, but then you have to locate the right executive team, train them, and then develop that team um, through group building. And so that takes a lot of time and a lot of experience in doing that sort of thing. Like being from Hawaii, was it difficult building the relationships? Because you did mention about um, getting investors, right? So was it difficult building these relationships because you weren't from Hawaii? Well, I'm lucky. People really like my wife. And so, you know, people joke, what's the, what's the, why are you successful in Hawaii? I, I don't joke when I say, really, it is my family. And my brother-in-law, Ken Wei Chong, is here, very active in the community. My wife, uh, Jean Jean, is, is well-known and has got a, a fantastic soul. So people assume somehow that I must be okay if I'm connected to her and, and, and Ken Wei. So that's been very helpful in opening doors and um, getting acceptance in Hawaii and, and the networks, how it works in Hawaii. You, you know, one group of people, they typically know a lot of other groups. So it's been, uh, from a networking standpoint, a lot easier for me because of my family. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is John Bauer, co-founder and managing partner of Senate Capital, a merchant bank focused on mid-market and emerging growth companies. Prior to Senate Capital, Mr. Bauer served as a CFO and COO at Hawaii Biotech where he helped to secure over $50 million in equity and grant funding. As you're rounding out the management teams and recruiting here in Hawaii, what kind of talent have you folks found, and how does that um, compare to mainland experience that you've had? It is more difficult here because we do have a smaller group of experienced, younger professionals. We do have to look to the mainland sometimes. We've placed 14 or 15 people in our clients um, in the short period of time that we've been working with our clients, and, and for the most part, they have been from Hawaii. Uh, a lot of controllers, so getting the finance executives in place has been uh, a key 
to getting the executive team rounded out. We've really gone down all the way to the executive assistant level when we're recruiting teams. So it lo- it looks like though as we go up the ladder in in the executive uh, into the executive team that we are going to have to cast a little bit wider net and look to the mainland and hopefully find find Kamaianas that want to come home. We do find that in um, at Hawaii Biotech and in other companies that if there isn't that link to Hawaii that you're successful maybe 50% of the time in getting a good recruit that sticks here in Hawaii. We'd like to find people who have Hawaii roots and have a reason to be here other than, uh, than, than the company. So are you finding these people pretty much through word of mouth, referrals? Absolutely, word of mouth. And what we tried to understand in the beginning with Senate Capital and trying to put together a successful, healthy merchant bank in Hawaii was that it was going to take more than the networks of people and the experience and industries that the three partners had, that we needed to to recruit a group of board of advisors that were interested in, first, a strong merchant bank in Hawaii, and then second, hopefully, mentoring CEOs and opening up their networks of people in Hawaii and the mainland to helping these CEOs and companies be successful. So what do you say when a CEO comes up to you and says, John, you're, you're younger than me? You know, what are you going to tell me and what are you going to share with me that I don't know already? Well, there's people younger than me that teach me things all the time. So I, I absolutely don't know everything about everything. But I think my experience in growing companies can be shared and the mistakes I've made, hopefully, they don't have to make. So you know, both from successes and failures, I think I can use those experiences to really create shortcuts for, for entrepreneurs in town. Do you focus on, I guess, when you, we talk about word of mouth and referrals, do you find that people are referring people that are um, maybe located in the mainland that want to come home and then trying to bring that local talent back home directing these companies? We're trying to develop that network, and that's something that would be very healthy for the state. And there's other people that have, of course, are working on it as well. Enterprise Honolulu and, and um, Lisa Gibson's uh, council, the, the Life Science Council, they all are trying to attract Kamainas and let them know about the opportunities within the state. We want to try to work with the organizations that are here doing that um, and lend our support to that and make sure they know what the opportunities are with the companies that are, are in Hawaii so that when people show interest in coming back, there's hopefully a couple central repositories of these of these opportunities that the people can tap into. Your partners are Richard Lim and Kenton Eldridge, correct? That's correct. Right. So with Kenton and Richard, they're much older than than you are, but you're the managing director. How did you guys come up with that um, arrangement? Yeah, that was they tricked me. It was bait and switch. <laughs> they uh, they called me in June or July of 2005 and had an idea. And I think originally Richard had called Kenton and said, remember that that company, File Miners, that your son sold? I was involved in the genesis of that company probably eight or nine years ago, and I see everybody did real well on that transaction. Why don't we get together and see if we can do more of those sorts of things? Kenton then called me, and I, we, we got, all got together. It was a good transition point for me because my time at Hawaii Biotech was coming to an end. I had kind of scaled that in the infrastructure to where – my need there was much lower. I, I had done what I needed to do from a scaling perspective and got people in place on the admin side that really could run it better without me being in the way. So it was a it was a real good jumping off point, and I had already been thinking of some of the companies that I wanted to work with locally. Kenton and Richard wanted to do it on a little bit bigger scale than what I had been planning, 
And over time, I think all of our missions and ideas for the company gelled into one company, and it became clear that it would it would it would be um, fun to work together, but also a much stronger company if we were doing it together. At that point, when they knew they had me on the hook, they told me I was the one who had to do all the work, and they had to play golf twice a week. But luckily, there's they're not playing golf twice a week, and they're they're working just as hard as I am. I think managing partners just means that you have to buy the supplies and write the checks. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with John Bauer, co-founder and managing partner of Senate Capital. John, where did you get your entrepreneurial spirit from? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I think I, I've always had small businesses from uh, from uh, at, when I was uh, a young teenager. When I was 13, I was teaching swimming lessons. My dad was the swim coach at Tulane growing up. I grew up in New Orleans. And he had a, a very good name in the Southeast. He had undefeated AAU swim teams that had been undefeated for a dozen years. And so the, the name carried a lot of weight. And I would um, work the summers teaching swim lessons. And that's actually the way I paid for my education at Cornell was coaching in the summers. They had towns in South Louisiana that would hire me to come down. They would have maybe 100 children on the team, and for $100 each, they swam for the summer, and the the team would let me keep all the money because they knew it was for college, and they would support me during the summer by giving me a place to live in their town in a car. And so I would work two or three months in the summer in southern Louisiana, and I'd spend the final month in Hawaii visiting uh, my family here. It's a tough life, yeah. It was it was tough being away, away from uh, Jinjin for two months, but it was nice spending <laughs> that third month in Hawaii for. But yeah, so the entrepreneurship really came from running my own businesses as a young man um, and seeing that the the uh, the upside in actually being your own boss. Did did you sell like um, swimming products to these kids too, and or just teach them? It was all teaching. It was all swim swim teaching, but it was um, very competitive. It was serious. It wasn't uh, recreational swimming. Could you beat most of them? No, yeah, no. I, I, I would. Uh, I was young enough at the time that I was able to swim on the team when I was coaching, so I could coach the team and swim on the team. That ruffled a lot of feathers in South Louisiana. Well, at that time, you could use that to pay for your college tuition. I mean, it didn't seem like that much money, but that's awesome that you did four years of college that way. Yeah, it was great. I mean, Ivy League that's four schools, years of Cornell too. Right. They, they do give um, the grant aid, but, of course, it doesn't cover everything. So while you could make ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 in the summer being a swim coach and then use that money to get your, your education through the year. 
This is a pretty good summer job. It was. Yeah. I wrote my dad's coattails. So. so what did you graduate um, with as a focus? I graduated, you know, I went to the hotel school at Cornell, and I actually got into a, um, a five-year program there where you can double register your senior year and take business school classes as your electives and graduate with a BS and an MBA in five years. So I, I graduated with a BS and MBA, MBA in finance. And I was hoping to come out to Hawaii and build hotels, but it was uh, bad timing. It was really the end of the cycle here and the end of the cycle in, in um, Southern California where I had my first job. You think that's kind of a blessing in disguise? I think so. I'm glad I ended up where I've, where I've ended up. I've really enjoyed my career to date. I, I really enjoy working with entrepreneurs and building companies. My experience in Chicago before I came to Hawaii prepared me, I think, for helping companies scale. It was a healthcare accounts receivable management deal that was fairly small when I came in. I was contacted by the CEO to come in and help buy some assets that were non-performing in an old venture capital deal that went south. And we came in and expanded it, and within two years... Um, grew it to 12 states and 20 offices. We really grew it as fast as we possibly could keep up on the infrastructure because we came up with a product that sold itself and we just needed to be able to kind of stay ahead of, uh, keep that track in front of the train, as they say, so that we didn't just run off of it. It was um, amazing experience because not only did we grow and develop this product and sell it in 12 states and 20 offices over two years, but then we turned around and sold it to a to a private equity firm in Chicago and then stayed on to help them roll up, using us as the platform, roll up the industry, bringing mom and pops into um, in, into into the, the structure that we had built. It seems that you've been going full blast since high school. I mean, business after business and really doing well at it. How do you keep your energy and your focus? Well, I, I think in the beginning of the show, I stated that I would go from business to business, but then I kind of snuck in there that I would take some time off. And serious time, when I got married to, to my wife in 1995, we both sold interest in our businesses and took a year off. And we went and traveled um, Southeast Asia. In fact, my first stop was with Kenton Eldridge. He put me up in, in Japan. He was working duty-free. He was running duty-free in Asia at the time. Um, and then we traveled throughout Asia. We had a whole year of travel planned but uh, Jean Jean got into a motorcycle accident and broke her leg, and we flew back to Hawaii to get it to, to recover, recuperate. And instead, we ended up in Lake Tahoe, where we had our first child, uh, Ty, was born in Lake Tahoe. And we just really took that whole period of time off from our wedding till post recovery, post delivery of our, of our child, and then went to the next business, which was the Chicago business. And then after Chicago, before we came to Hawaii. We took six months off. We had a two and a four-year-old at the time. We took, them out of, took our four-year-old out of school, and we went to Mexico and lived on the beach for three months and then traveled in an RV for a couple months. And so we take time off, and, and we, we do regenerate and, uh, before we move on to the next thing. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide 
and at greatergoodbooks.com. On Hawaiian time, Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites, For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948 2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is John Bauer, co-founder and managing partner of Senate Capital. Mr. Bauer came to Hawaii from Chicago, where he co-founded and operated HealthRev, a national healthcare front office outsourcing company. Mr. Bauer serves on the boards of several Hawaii and mainland companies. So, John, you were mentioning before break that you spend a lot of time with your family and your children and... Um, you are involved in several community organizations that involve your children. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, my background as a coach, I, I love to be involved with teaching children, and I love sports. So putting those together, I've been the coach of both my son and daughter's ASO teams for, for three or four years running. And then I've coached a uh, PAL basketball team, police league, and Kaneohe basketball team for a couple years. And although I'm not coaching KAC right now, um, I coached for two or three years in the KAC league in, in town here. So that's, those are basketball and soccer, both my, my daughter and my son's teams. How are you fitting that in, in, t- in your schedule? Because coaching requires a lot of time. I typically um, get up early and come into work. I try to at least three or four days a week get out of the office by 4 o'clock and either drive my children to sports or be involved in, in at those times. So the sports usually start around 4.30, so I've scheduled my life so that I can be involved in that. That takes a lot of discipline as well because, you know, sometimes when work gets really exciting, you can get caught up in it. But it takes a really disciplined person to say, you know, family is also important. Absolutely. When we moved back to Hawaii, our focus was family. That's why we came back. And we want to make sure that we maintain that discipline as we look at creating examples for our children and spending the time and having life balance and spending the time on things that are priorities in life. And, and we all work for a reason. We work for our family. And if you don't have that quality time with your family and your children, it makes the other stuff that we do all day long less meaningful. You're also involved in the Gift Foundation. Could you tell us about your involvement in that? Yes, it's um, a wonderful organization that tries to get uh, the younger generation. I put quotes up. I don't even know what that actually is. But I think it's 30s, and I say 40s, too, because I'm 42. Um, I, I'm at the top top end of the, the age scale. I think only Greg Dinsmore is older than I am. Maybe Jeff, Jeff Arce. Arce. Yeah, Jeff Arce. So I've got a couple older guys I can make fun of. Um, but we try to, to expose the younger generation to the charitable organizations in town and we try to pick one charity each year to educate this group about. So it's not only educating 
the the 30 and 40 somethings about charitable giving and giving of your time and, and your money, but also educating them about one specific charity. So we try to pick one that we can expose, give, give exposure to the community and to, and to our groups and networks of, of people. And then how do you go about doing that, though? How, how do we go about yeah, how, how does the gift foundation? How do we raise our money? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the tagline is this isn't your parents' fundraiser. It's a, a, a wonderful, fun, over-the-top party at Halloween. We do a costume party every year with a, with a theme. Last year it was a, a Boogie Nights theme. And um, the uh, board members dressed up in very embarrassing costumes and came to the event to, to show their support. Um, the, the, the money that, that's raised is, is dramatic for a one-event sort of thing. I think last year our gift was in the $100,000 range. So even after expenses and um, after paying expenses, we still have that sort of funding to make a gift to one or two charities each, each year. Uh, in, in Hawaii. And then how have you seen that money make a difference? What have you seen the impact um, coming from this gift foundation? We've um, been able to fund not just uh, small parts of big charities. What our focus is is just try to find a charity that has some infrastructure already so we don't overwhelm them with a the gift, but not a charity where it's basically just a drop in the bucket. They can add it to a $5 million budget and this covers a small, you know, two, three percent of a of a much, much larger budget. We're trying to find organizations where it not only will make a difference, but there's a plan for keeping it sustainable. Um, last year, we funded Ohia Productions, and they were able to bring their productions that they do for um, underprivileged children and children around in public schools in Hawaii. They were able to get a much more exposure to their productions, and they were able to. Um, add boys and girls clubs to to their to, to the places that they're actually delivering their productions to. It was really fun because they were brought the children around and they did performances for the foundation and they brought people that were involved with the uh, with with Ohia. They actually brought them to the event and they helped and dressed up and danced and so it was it was a great way to get them involved and really meet the people that were making the contributions thanks for joining us today on greater good radio for more information or a transcript of today's show please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com this is your host evan leong and carrie leong saying please join us next time for another episode of greater good radio hawaii <laughs>